0: I have a prophetic word for you and for the Western Church. What would you say if I told you that what Jesus said to one of the churches in the book of Revelation is taking place in the church today? I'm about to get to it. But first, make sure to subscribe to this channel. Make sure to like, to comment, and to hit the bell icon. And so, I'm Michael Lombardo. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. It is my joy to break into the Word of God with you today. Ephesians 5.14 says this, Awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That was spoken to believers, not unbelievers. And so there needs to be an awakening in the body of Christ. And we're going to be diving into that actually today, as I as I break open the book of Revelation and what Jesus said to the Church of Sardis. It's very enlightening. Uh, the other day I was spending time in the presence of God. I was in my office. I was praying, and I just laid out on the floor, and I just didn't say a word, and I just was soaking and meditating on the presence, you know, in the presence of the Lord. And um and then I just felt like, open up the book of Revelation, open up the book of Revelation. I just felt that in my heart. And so that's exactly what I did. I grabbed my Bible. I opened up the book of Revelation. I read, you know, chapter one, chapter two, you know, what Jesus said to the churches and the church of Sardis jumped off the pages at me before. Before I dive into it here real quick, I'm going to let you know. There's a lot of different views out there regarding the end times, okay? There's a lot of different views out there. I'm not gonna be breaking open my exact views on the end times right now, all right? There's dozens of views on the end times from you know the beginning of the church until now. All right. And there's a lot of people trying to figure out exactly when things are going to happen. When Jesus said he doesn't even know it's in the father's hands, the epochs and the times. And so he told us not to figure out the exact day and time. And there's many people saying that Jesus is going to come back on February 22nd of this year and all kinds of bogus, weird stuff that is out there. All right. And there's also a lot of um symbolism and there's a lot of different things that take place you know in the gospels and the old testament and the new testament and the book of revelation people are trying to put all these codes together trying to decipher exactly what it's going to be like all right i'm not you know encouraging that right now one thing i do want to say is that we, there there's certain things that are clear in the bible and then there's certain things that have a bit of mystery cloaked around them all right And what is clear is this, that Jesus Christ is going to return. His second coming is a reality. He is going to return to judge the living and the dead. He says to prepare ourselves, that we must be a a bride prepared for a wedding day. So we must live in a manner that is prepared. Also, there will be persecution. There will be different things that take place to believers. We always need to be ready to stand up for our faith and and not to deny the Lord Jesus Christ and to preach the gospel and to stand firm even in the midst of hardship and whatever's taking place in the world and persecution for believing in Jesus and living for Jesus. He says those who endure until the end will be saved. And so there's some things that are very, very clear that there's no question marks on. He's going to come back like a thief in the night. He's going to return. The dead in Christ will rise. Rise. Um, and those who are in Christ will be transformed, there's a resurrection from the dead, there's a judgment for believers and unbelievers, and the Lord is going to manifest his kingdom fully on the earth, there's going to be the restoration of all things that takes place, all unrighteousness will be, will be flooded out of the world, and Jesus Christ and his kingdom, and his people, will rule and reign in the earth in perfect righteousness, that is a reality, okay, and so I'm not here to decipher exactly when Jesus is coming back and get into all of those end-time realities. But what I do want to talk about is something very specific that Jesus said to a church. This was a real church in the book of Revelation. And I am going to read that passage of Scripture, what Jesus said to the church of Sardis, and then I'm going to tell you a little bit about Sardis and how we can arm ourselves. And so this is Revelation chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. And this is what Jesus is saying, our resurrected, glorified Jesus. This is what he says. To the angel of the church in Sardis, write, He who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars says this, I know your deeds, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen the things that remain, which were about to die, for I have not found your deeds completed in the sight of my God. So remember, what you have received and heard, keep it and repent. Therefore, if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come to you. But you have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes will thus be clothed in white garments, and I will not erase his name from the book of life, and I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels, and he shall who has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches okay there's there's a lot of different things taking place here there is a rebuke to the church of sardis and there also is encouragement to a remnant In Sardis, who have not soiled their garments, and the Lord tells them of their triumph, of their victory, and what it will be like when he returns, but then also what it could potentially be like for those who were deluded, for those who have soiled their garments, for those who are sleeping and slumbering in the church of Sardis. And so, if you go back into the history of the city of Sardis, it was a city with great wealth. It was a city where there was a lot of comforts and there was a lot of affluence in this city. Actually, there was gold that was struck outside of the city and people would travel the world to come to the city of Sardis so that they could potentially get rich and strike gold themselves. And so this was a city that was also set on top of a hill. And so it was very hard to penetrate the city of Sardis when it comes to enemy intrusion and things like that. The only way to get into the city of Sardis was from the southern gate. And so the people of Sardis they were comfortable. They were saying no one's ever going to attack us. No one's ever going to infiltrate. We're safe up here, man. We are a city set on a hill. And so they had no fears. They had no worries. They felt untouchable. The city in Sardis, they were, you know, they were wealthy like I said, but also was the church in Sardis. The church was wealthy. It was a group of people who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ that also enjoyed the riches, the influence and the comfort of that city. And so they also did not go against the grain of the idolatrous culture, which also made them kind of nestle in comfortably with no fear of persecution or danger. If you go back to church history, you'll be able to see this. And this city was overtaken twice. Twice, actually before Jesus was born, the city was taken over twice, and it was by an enemy intruder that climbed the walls at nighttime. Like a thief in the night, an enemy intruder came and destroyed the city, pillaged, you know, and all of that. And so the city of Sardis, there was times where it was just high, flying, you know, doing well in terms of the culture of the day. And there was also times where the city was in rapid decline because of the enemy intrusions and the things that took place. And also the church. The church was, you know, in the same way in, you know, along with the city. And so This is just to give you a little bit of backdrop here. Does this sound like anything to you? Does this sound? Because to me, when I read this, it it caused an alert in my heart and alert in my spirit. Because here in the Western world, here in America, you know, as the church of Jesus Christ, you know, many churches, we have a lot of money. We have a lot of influence. We have a lot of affluence. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with riches. There's nothing wrong with money. As long as money doesn't have us, as long as we do not serve the master of money, and as long as we serve the Lord Jesus Christ and we use money to extend the kingdom of God, to leave a legacy for our family, nothing wrong with money. I'm not going against money right now. But what I'm saying is um, it's very easy to get comfortable. It is very easy to not want to go against the grain of modern-day culture, when we have money, when we have good reputation, when we have affluence. And in that, many of us fall asleep because we get comfortable. We're we're no longer on guard. Hey, I'm a city set on a hill. Jesus said that we're a light, and we are a city set on a hill. And so many Christians today think, oh, the devil can't touch me. You know, nothing bad could happen to me. I'm a child of God. I'm blessed. Nobody can curse me. All these different things. And then we fall into a, a state of spiritual slumber, When the Apostle Paul told us to be on guard, to resist the enemy and to submit ourselves to God, and the enemy will flee from us over and over again, he says, Be careful every single day. Stand firm. Having done all to stand in that evil day, keep on standing. Don't even leave room for the enemy. Do not allow the enemy to even have a foothold in your life. Stand firm. Be vigilant. Be on guard. That's what the Apostle Peter said. Be on guard, for the enemy roams around like a roaring, lying sea who he may devour, that was also spoken to believers. And so this idea that because, you know, we're doing well, we don't have a lot of physical, you know, uh, trials in terms of we got a good job, we have a good church, we have a nice family, we have all these different things in America and in the Western world. And we're like, and we're saved. We're going to heaven when we die. We're not going to hell. Hey, listen, I'll just give and I'll do some good stuff here and there. And maybe I'll go on a missions trip every once in a while and I'm good. The enemy can't touch me. I'm blessed. And we leave no room in our theology for spiritual warfare, no room in our theology for deliverance, no room in our theology for really just arming ourselves with the word of God, standing on the word of God to be different in this culture, not go along with the culture, but to be different in this culture. We need to make room for that. And if we look at the Bible, there's really... No way getting around it if we're going to be 100% honest. There's really no way getting around it. There is a war taking place, and we are victorious. We have the Spirit of Christ living on the inside of us, the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead, but at the same time, we must stand firm. And so if you go through this letter, it is Jesus saying, Wake up. You've got a reputation for having it all. you got a reputation for having money and influence and all this good stuff, but you are slumbering. Repent. That word repent is necessary. We think that we just repent once and we are now in the kingdom of God and there's no need for repenting. Repentance is a daily continual activity for the children of God. Turning away from the inferior things, the lesser things, the sinful things of this world, and turning to Christ Jesus, setting our heart on things above not on things beneath. So it is important when we have offense in our hearts or when we're addicted to things that we shouldn't be or when we're being lazy or whatever the situation may be that we turn our attention and affection back on him. We repent, we turn away, and we turn to the superior way, which is Christ and his gospel. So he's saying, you guys got a great reputation for being affluent. Hey, Church of America, hey, Western world, you've got a great Um, reputation for being affluent, and you send out all these missionaries, and you have all this money, but listen, stand guard, okay? Repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not slumber. Now is not the time. Now is not the hour to slumber, and I'm not pointing my finger at anybody. I'm a part of the Western church. I'm a part of the American church, but I also see a remnant, rising in this hour, those who will not be comfortable, those who will say, I want everything that Jesus died for me to have. I want it all in my life. Whatever Jesus purchased for me, I will stand on guard. I will pray for the sick. I will pursue the dream that God has put in my heart. I will start that business. I will serve in my church. I will give money to my pastor and to my leaders. I will bless and prophesy and reach the lost and make disciples. I will do these things. I'm not going to go into the current of this world and just put a Christian spin on it. No, it's harder to go up against the current it's hard when a current's going in one direction. It's hard to swim upstream against the current, but that's who we are as believers in this earth. The spirit of this age is the spirit of the antichrist. It's not the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we carry his spirit. And I'm going to I'm going to say this because I'm not pointing fingers at any church or any people at all whatsoever. What I'm saying is this, we need to wake up in the western world and the church at large just because we're not, you know, struggling in some way or just because we have access to doctors or we're not desperate for healing like some people in a third world country where they don't have doctors. So they need to rely 100 percent on the healing hand of God. I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm saying it's good. We have an opportunity here with resource, with influence. We have an opportunity here with how many people are believers in America to truly make a difference And I think that Jesus is looking at the church in America right now, and the church in the Western world, and he's saying, whoa, 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 there's a reputation here that is not 100% accurate with what I'm seeing in the spirit. So repent. So turn because I've given you certain things and you have them, but strengthen them. Hold fast to the things that I've given you, the things that I've granted to you. Hold fast and strengthen these things because you don't want to be in the delusion of the world. You don't. When Jesus comes back, you want to be aware. You want to know that he's coming back. You want to discern and have the signs of the times. But then he's also saying there is a remnant, those who have not soiled their garments. I want to be in that remnant. I want to be those who do not soil my garments and I ride on victoriously in his coming when the kingdom of God manifests fully on the earth. That is who you are. That is your destiny. I'm going to end this with one vision that a friend of mine had. My my someone in my family reached out to me and said that his brother um, you know, um had an encounter with Jesus. And this individual was um, you know, believed in the Lord born again, but had several seasons in his life with just being apathetic and, you know, serving the Lord super on fire to just not at all living in worldly ways, really struggling with his faith, struggling in certain areas. And so he was up and down a lot. And this person was currently in a season where they were struggling, really not living for the Lord, really just getting through life, living worldly and carnal. And so in the middle of the night, this individual got up. He had a messy room, clothes everywhere, stuff everywhere, messy room. He got up in the middle of the night and he went to the bathroom. And when he came out from the bathroom, he looked to his bed and Jesus Christ was sitting on his bed and he just fell To his face in awe and began to talk to the Lord. And this person said that Jesus only had love in his eyes, that Jesus looked at him with love in his eyes and this individual said that the, the the one thing he was thinking about was man my room is dirty my room is a mess the lord jesus christ the king of glory is in my room and my room is an absolute mess right now that was just that's just what it was going on in his mind but as jesus looked at him and with eyes of love no judgment but with eyes of love he said this i am coming like a thief in the night and i am coming soon and then I I don't know exactly what happened after that, you know, leaving that encounter with the Lord. um, This person called up his brother and said, man, like, I got to live right. I can't believe. And that's it. I'm getting weird now. I'm just going to live fully for the Lord. I can't. All my chips are on the table. This is what happened. I got to burn for the Lord. The time is short. He's coming like a thief in the night. Hey, listen, listen, he's coming back and we got to live like he's coming back. And so, um, there's a few things I want to point out with that is number one, the first church lived like Jesus was coming back and that's how we need to live. Whether he comes back five years from now, 20 years from now, a hundred years from now, a thousand years from now, regardless of what that timeline looks like, the Bible makes very clear that we are to live every day. Like he's coming back today. That is a reality that we need to live with. Okay. Okay. And it's not a fear, oh my God, he's coming back today, but it's you are worthy of every moment, every hour of my life. You are worthy of every breath I breathe, every moment of devotion, you are worthy of that. And then not only that, when he does return, are our rooms, are they going to be messy? There's a scripture that says, abide in the Lord Jesus Christ because at his coming, we will not be ashamed. And that is in first John. I don't have the exact reference here, but it's pretty much saying, like, man, are we gonna live in a way that if he came back today, yeah, we're yeah, we're going up with him in glory as believers, but we look at our lives and is it worthy of the coming of the Lord? Like That's crazy. This person thought to themselves, like my room is a mess. And how many of us have messy rooms, messy lives, things going on that we know are wrong, that we're just playing with, relationships we know we're supposed to let go of, things we're doing that we know aren't good for us, but we just are refusing to repent and give them to the Lord? Listen now is the time. Today is the day. And I'm going to end this with prayer. All right. If you're feeling this right now, put it in the comment section. Jesus is coming back. Put it in the comment section. He's coming back soon. He's coming back soon. Jesus is coming back. Put that in the comment section. Like, you know, hit the bell icon, do all that. I want to hear what you guys are thinking, what you're feeling. Amen. Put amen. Jesus is coming back. Whatever you want to put there in the comment section, I want to hear from you guys. But I'm going to end us here in prayer. Um, because it is important that the Lord awakens our hearts. So, Lord, we come before you in your holy majesty. You are the king of glory. You are the Lord, strong and mighty. And I thank you that for your believers, it says in the book of Thessalonians here. Actually, let me read this to end us out here. This is the book of Thessalonians, and it goes on to say that because we are not of those who sleep and because we are not of those who, who are sleeping, that the Lord Jesus Christ will not take us. Um, when he comes like a thief in the night, we will not be surprised as his people that are abiding in him daily. I love that. It says, brothers and sisters, you are not in darkness so that the day would overtake you like a thief, for you are sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night and we are not of darkness. Therefore, let's not sleep as others do, but let's be alert and sober. And so, Lord, may we be alert and sober. Lord, awaken our hearts. We are not children of the night. We are children of the light and we are yours. And so, God, as you come and you return, there's going to be many that are taken off guard, but we will not be taken off guard because we abide in you. We live in your light as you are in the light. We live in your truth, and we allow your truth to inspect our hearts regularly. God, I just pray that you would awaken the church in America, that you would awaken the influential church so that we could truly be a light and a city set on the hill in the right way, in the best way, abiding in you, declaring your truth, not shrinking back, not looking like the world or the culture around us. So, Lord, awaken the American church. Awaken the Western church. Awaken your believers around the world, Father, that we may live for you wholeheartedly and without reserve because you died and gave yourself for us wholeheartedly and without reserve. And so Lord, bless, bless, bless the watcher right now. Those who are listening and watching, bless them in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. If you want more content like this to be awakened, to be ignited, and to be equipped, in your faith, for your calling, to walk in your identity in Jesus Christ. Make sure to subscribe, like, comment, hit the bell icon. If this blessed you, put amen in the comment section. Put Jesus coming back in the comment section. And I will talk to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, Just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter his presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled but connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours. You know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you, immersed in his glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org, lifepouredoutintl.org, or you can go to destinyimage.com. The audiobook is available as well on amazon.com, as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com. And so bless you guys. Grab a copy of immersed in his glory. Thank you.